0: Hey, it's Travis. First, I want to thank everyone who joined us in celebrating our four-year anniversary this week. I could never adequately express how much it meant to all of us, so please, read as much love and gratitude as is humanly possible into this simple thank you. And a special thanks to Ryoshi and the seven artists who collaborated on the breathtaking Where the Light Gathers piece, and especially the companion video. If you didn't see it, check it out on our social media. It's really something. Those artists will be listed in this episode's show notes as well, so you can check out their art. One of those artists I am very excited to announce is actually this month's Patreon bonus episode, Postcard Artist. The Shy Reader, did a fantastic 1980s horror movie poster-inspired piece for us. And I actually wrote the episode with him in mind. So I wrote a 1980s horror movie episode starring the hotel herself called The Neighborhood. That's out the 30th for our patrons, as well as a new episode of We Made the Hotel, our BTS show. This month, I interview Kelly Ninoltowski on All Things Hotel. Check our social media to see the art in all its glory and don't forget to follow Shy at the underscore Shy underscore reader on Twitter and the Shy Reader, all one word, on Tumblr. And for everyone, patron and general public alike, we are finally releasing Izzy's gorgeous episode art for sale on our regular store. May 1st, you will be able to buy all four of his pieces and every month after that, Each of his two new pieces will be available. These are only available for one month each, though, so stay on your toes. His episode art is always one of the highlights of my month. You are definitely going to want to collect the whole set, so get on that. Okay, that's all for me this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And stay tuned after the credits for the patron shoutouts.
1: The dull roar of rushing water fills the lobby. The floor-to-ceiling windows have a view of massive waterfalls. You can't quite see the top, you can't quite see the bottom, and the glass is thick enough to keep their full power muted. But if you stand close enough, the rustic wood features of the lobby might fall away and you could get lost in the soothing, pounding chaos of nature. Thickly woven rugs and chunky brown animals crudely hewn from tree stumps surround me. The walls are dark wood, and even the support beams look like trees. Light pours in over the falls and into the lobby, but not quite all the way in. Half the lobby has no windows at all, just dim orange lamps that accent the furniture and features by the entrance, It's designed, I'm sure, to let them enjoy the view peacefully on the dim side, or draw the more distracted guests into the light of the observation area. Despite the destructive power of the falls out the window, the hotel feels strangely peaceful. For now. I flatten the houndstooth fabric of my uniform and straighten my golden name tag. I start my search for the supply closet door and make my rounds. I notice dust balls under chairs and cobwebs in some of the corners. This place is old and on the cusp of disrepair. Landline telephones and years-old magazines litter the tables. No one comes here anymore. We must be high up in the mountains. Distant and lonely. Even by our standards. I find the supply closet door in a dark corner by a silver samovar that smells like old coffee. Behind me, the rushing falls sound far away and ominous. Something in the shadows changes, and in a quiet flash of nothing, she is overwhelmingly here. Madam Hotel Bleeding freely from the crack in her dented skull pulls me away and into the light. She takes my hand and hooks her arm through mine as she takes in the dated splendor of herself. She gestures grandly, delighting in the sound of her own voice, her words a deluge of historical fact, aesthetic opinion, and rhetorical questions. Like a force of nature, she pushes and pulls and propels me around the lobby. I am caught in her wake. I tumble on her wind, and the arm she's threaded through mine is as immovable as the mountain. I don't dare pull away. I don't dare interrupt. Every compliment comes with a hint of an ellipsis. Every suggestion is presented just a little too bluntly. And she looks at me with her starlit eyes. I don't see them change or soften. She takes us to the wall, the 15 foot high windows to excitedly point out the adjacent mountaintop. She's bleeding all over my jacket staining the black and whites, a brownish-red. We've tracked and trailed it everywhere. The sun is setting, casting a white-yellow glow down the falls and into the lobby, creeping in at our feet. She laughs and asks what I think of the view. The guest will be here soon, I say. I should excuse myself to my duties, The lobby needs to be cleaned first. The yellow glow outside turns a shade more orange, and she grants me the full force of her attention. I hastily add that the guest might consider the view spoiled by the blood. She drops my arm, and her smile no longer reaches her eyes. Somewhere inside my head, I hear her voice echo. "'Well, you better get to it, then.' "'I glance over at the small flit of the reservation card "'suddenly slipping through the slot in my private office door. "'I'm alone in the lobby again. "'The blood is gone, too, "'but her words and her implications remain, "'tucked under the chairs and hidden in the corners of the shadows.' I take my place behind my front desk. My lobby boy will have to keep in his closet for now. Alan Landers, my card reads. I slip it into my pocket, also keeping it for now. I straighten the guest book with one hand and consider checking the office for him, the owner. I rub the card in my pocket and the orange sunlight on the falls deepens. The light in the lobby turns a complimentary brown, mixing with the amber of the lamps and the shadows there. I see him. The barest impression against the darkness, like seeing smoke on the wind. I stare, forcing a shape in the nothing, grasping for substance or indication. Something changes again. And the dark is looking back at me, I think with piercing, hazy eyes. His eyes. I glance to the supply closet door and slowly shift my weight, ready. In the pooling darkness next to him, next to where I think he is, another set of eyes sparkle like terrible starlight. His frustration and anger contained, restrained to something quiet in his eyes. He won't be trouble here. He won't be trouble now. His form, his eyes, they fade back into the shadows. Hers seem to brighten for just a moment before they too begin to fade. Fade from my vision at least. What I see in her eyes, behind her smile, is not so quiet. Not so restrained. We are... watching you. I rub the card in my pocket again, but a twinge in my hand stops me. My own change has begun. I try to stand still, as still as possible. I try to turn so inward and feel the change. I slow my breathing and set my jaw. The tender crawl of the shadows across the floor and powerful tremble of the falls is the only movement in the lodge now. Is it also only a shadow that crosses me tenderly now? Does it cover in comfort like the blanket of night? Or is it the destructive rot of bright oblivion like the guests fear? I change, undeniably. I feel it in the stillness I've made for myself in the lobby, inside me. But I know I'll find myself in a new lobby soon. I'll find myself new soon. Constant change, consistent change is just routine again. The owner saw that, and his anger consumed him, burned away at him until all he could do was attack the shadows that covered him. But the shadow takes the anger, and they both pass. But routine is not so easily broken, anger not so simply doused, and change will always have to overcome resistance. I don't see their eyes anymore, but I know they're there. Moving in the dark where guests nor staff can see, watching me, watching each other. If change will come, and certainly it will, then I will change with it. And if change finds me immovable, then I will take comfort in consistency. The falls rumble and bring me back to the task at hand Alan Landers. He will change tonight, too. There's a room upstairs with a claw footed bathtub in it. It's sitting in the middle of the bathroom, demanding attention. The drain growls and gurgles, and if anyone bothered to call down and ask about it, I would simply reply It's just the old pipes. They howl this close to the falls and howl they will. The lobby door swings open and lets in too much sunlight. A gangly, languid fellow strolls in and casts a longer, ganglier shadow all the way across the floor to the 15-foot-tall windows. I squish my eyes shut against the invasion until I hear the door swing closed again. Alan Landers is already at the desk, admiring everything.
2: Never used to be so empty, he says. But then, whatever was...
1: He signs the guest book wistfully, running his hand over the page after he finishes. I welcome him, making sure to call him Mr. Landers, as I'm sure he's accustomed to. He has the bearing and passive disinterest of someone used to luxury. I ask if he has a reservation. He's not even looking at me, though. His eyes are fixed at the observation window. Not seeing the window, looking past the window to some long-spent night years ago. I tell him we do have rooms available if he hasn't booked already. He shakes his head, but not at me. Some quiet disbelief shakes him. He points at the window, bouncing his finger a few times before letting it drop to his side.
2: Used to be a piano over there. We used to.
1: He trails off, then follows the wandering thought to the windows. He moves slowly, but with a searching purpose. As if only he could step just so. He may find himself there again. Then again instead of just here again. Here where the shadows watch and the waterfalls are alive with fire and blood. The setting sun has choked all but a violent shade of red from them now. Mr. Lander stands perfectly still watching the colors change. The red seems almost impossibly bright. The lobby is bathed in it, pushing back even the warm amber of the lamps. In the darkness there, I see a hint, just a hint, of the owner's eyes again. Look out, they say. Look out, they say. And they're gone again. I realize, too late. The red water gushes down in torrents from the cracks at the top of the mountain, The cleaves of the stone and the brush next to him are changing into the makings of a beautiful and deadly face. The creeping shadows of the falling sun set the features into crude motion. The rumble of the falls sounds only vaguely but unmistakably like deep, quiet laughter. Mr. Landers is frozen at the window, nose practically touching the glass, hands slowly finding its surface for purchase. Physical reassurance, perhaps, that he is still here, and he can trust his senses. Unfortunately for him, he can. The face on the rocks, the face of Madame Hotel, peeks out at him from beneath the blood-red falls that now serve as her hair. Alan Lander's knees buckle, and he backs away from the window, stammering. I look back to the shadows, empty now. Or seemingly so. Madam Hotel and the owner are deeply disrupting my check-in. Before the guest can turn into a full crescendo of panic, before we all rot into messy piles, I summon someone whose reliability never changes.
0: Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the hotel.
2: The the lobby. The lobby is covered in blood. The walls and floor are covered in it. My manager is covered in it. I can hear it rumble and pump and flood all around me. I don't understand. I don't understand why the lobby is bleeding. Is she hurt? Is she... Angry? I, I, I know I should... She called for me. I'm supposed to... I, I don't want to go out there. Out into the red thing. But when I turn to the shadows by my closet door in the corner, something stops me. My body knows before the rest of me does. My feet stop themselves and my eyes adjust while a fear and panic grip me. Something's in the shadows. Not moving, but something is there. The pounding, watery rhythm pumps louder in my ears and a bright set of eyes hang hazy in the dark. His eyes. I think they're getting closer. Behind me, the front desk bell dings again and when I whip around with a start, the lobby, it it's not covered in blood. The red light from the sunset is flooding in from the windows. The giant windows. The guest. He's shaking and taking wobbly steps backwards. Something's already got him scared. I wonder if the owner... But when I look back to the shadows behind me... His eyes are gone. I think... I quickly shuffle away and into the lobby proper to help with the guest. My manager raises her hand up to him, trying to get his attention.
1: Mr. Landers. Mr. Landers.
2: He doesn't turn. He doesn't react at all. I don't think he heard her. He looks very distracted. She points to him and I... I have to go attend him. She's much better with the guests than I am, but... I'm getting better. I stand to his side so he can see me without getting close enough to make him uncomfortable. I clear my throat quietly so he for sure knows I'm here before I start talking. but when I open my mouth the words don't come out I gasp sharply when I see what the guest is looking at Madame Hotel her face smiling and laughing in a mountainside blood red water gushing down the cliff he must see her too can she see me? she see i turn back to my manager for help for sense for anything she glares at me from behind her desk somewhere in the shadows behind her another hazy figure watches too i understand them perfectly the guest steps backwards into my field of vision next to me, still stumbling away from the face of the hotel outside. It's not much safer in here, sir. I think he's older, but fear has drawn his face tight and distracted him from the pains the body acquires with time. He moves freely, and I can see the young man he was. I'm used to seeing the guests this way. I understand their fear better than the others do. Fear burns away age and pain and hope. It can take everything from them and shape them into something simple and pure something human again. Everyone looks most like themselves when they're screaming. Or laughing. But we get more screams here. The guest isn't screaming yet. They don't usually in the lobby. Sometimes though. I mumbled to the guest, trying to get his attention before it's too late. I I don't want to touch him if I don't have to, so I step in front of him and wave my hand lightly, just a little, to get his attention. I have to be careful because the manager is watching me, and so is the owner. And I don't know if he's auditing or crazy again crazy still I look nervously behind Mr. Landers and gesture with my open palm please Mr. Guest please just turn around please stop looking at Madam Hotel please I don't know she'll do. A rotting hand gently grasps his shoulder. He yelps and spins around.
1: We're happy to assist you at the front desk, sir.
2: His deep gasps change slowly to controlled breaths, then quickly to embarrassed chuckles. He looks around the lobby, tinted with red sunlight black shadows but otherwise normal he looks at me dabbing his sweaty face now showing every year he's lived on it again with a handkerchief and I do my best to smile reassuringly at him I don't think I did it right because he looks to my manager confused She just smiles and steps aside, gesturing him onto the front desk. When he passes, she gives me a warning look. I definitely didn't do the smile right. She begins checking him in and calming him down. I scan the lobby quickly, checking the shadows for him. I know he's there. I can't see him anymore. We're safe, for now, whatever safe means here. The guest is safe from him, but he is not safe. We are safe from him too, but are we? (laughs) Outside the big windows. The mountainside with the bloody hair and Madame Hotel's face is still there, still moving, but she isn't laughing anymore. Her smile is a rocky sneer, growling with the rumbling force of a hundred-foot waterfall. The dark crags that make her eyes are glittering with terrible light. She's looking at me. She's glaring at me. I step away, slowly. I back myself to the guest, to the, to the front desk, to my manager. I don't dare take my eyes away from Madame Hotel. She doesn't for a second take her eyes off me. My back stiffens and my muscles freeze, but I can't tell if it's from rot or or fear. The mountainside begins to crumble violently, boulders that haven't moved in a million years crack in half and tumble down the blood-red falls below where i can see with barely any effort she breaks free from the rock face and in just a few impossible steps she is right outside the window she frowns and squints through the glass we are all in her shadow the guest can't pretend he is overwhelmed by nostalgia Or even that age is taking his reason from him. This is not a trick of the light. Not the setting sun animating an optical illusion. He doesn't run though. They don't always run. He freezes and his mouth hangs open and his eyes go very far away sometimes the guests will sort of go away when they when they're in the rooms they try to put it all out of their minds so they don't have to feel the fear or 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 the but that's not where Alan Landers goes he goes somewhere nice I think Some last gasp before the plunge I think He's seen enough in his life to know that this is it Whatever he thinks this is Not that he's thinking right now Instinct kicks in in the end Terror and instinct Outside the giant windows, Madame Hotel frowns deeply at us and lifts a slow, giant, rocky finger towards the glass. My manager yells, tries to shout a warning, I'm not sure if it's to the guest, or me, or the hotel, or maybe just whoever hears it first from out of a shadow in the corner. The owner flashes to the window, waving his arms above his head to try and stop the inevitable to dam the bloody waters with his bare hands. Her finger taps the glass with a surprisingly quiet clink. We used to sing around it. I know it won't do any good, but... I scrunch my eyes shut anyway. All night, the thick glass shatters completely, instantly, almost explosively. Blood red water rages into the lobby, gushing in fully from the frame of the window as though we were suddenly submerged. Over the shattering roars, just before I am overcome, I can hear her laughing. The lobby is almost immediately full, floor to ceiling with rust-red water. When I open my eyes, I'm horrified that there's somehow still enough light to see. Chairs and lamps and a big silver coffee maker swirl around me as I float in the murk. Room keys linked to plastic diamond-shaped tags seem to swim and dart as I kick my legs uselessly I don't see the owner anywhere I don't know if he was swept up in the deluge or if he got away in time the guest book floats by its pages soggy and already falling apart like me I see where Alan Landers wrote his name for the last time. At least he thought he was somewhere that meant a lot to him, or used to. He still seemed to appreciate it anyway, while he was here. Even when it was about to kill him, all he saw was what he loved about it. He thought change only takes away the things we love or the things we don't. I think change is just a matter of replacement. A young man is replaced with an old man. A new experience is replaced with a comforting memory. You always get something back. You just don't always like what you get. But that'll change soon, too. On and on and on... Until you die. And even then, for some of us... That changes. The front desk bell floats by. And I kick after it. Following it. The water clears as I get closer and I can see my manager still standing behind the desk holding onto it with both hands. Her skin is sloughing off and her teeth show through the strips of flesh still left on her face. Her eyes are almost entirely white but she turns them to me when I swim down and take my place in front of her we look around but we can't see the guest anywhere we can't see very far though it's mostly broken glass and room keys I try to shrug at her but when I do my arms pop out at the shoulders and float loose in my uniform she shakes her head and it jiggles off her neck and drifts away a final look of irritation stuck on her face the rushing water quiets or my ears are starting to rot and and everything seems to slow down I can hear something very very faintly I sink a little since my limbs can't help me anymore and strain to listen before I join Alan Landers in saying goodbye to all this somewhere in the lobby just beyond the edge of my vision a piano floats softly and its keys plink out a slow, sad tune. The hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten, starring Kelly Ninoltovsky as the manager, Mark Witten as the lobby boy, Graham Rowett as the owner, and Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni. West Rodri and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you. Sarsparilla, Goth Gators. Erica Schneider. Zenith. Sam. Alexander James. Kramer. Pia Pia. Puppet Percy. Coda Plemons. Ryoshi Sasaki. Mr. AJ. Roly Poly. Cyber. L.A. Jensen Toby 101 Parasitic Saint Bunny Maverick Rx Rentner Schnitzel Sarah Benkin, Squeeny Beanfomet Riley Huber Tam Paisley Summer Ford and Rachel Michelle Brewer Paranoid Crow. Jasper Schmasper, Peach Apple Pine, and Lawrence Gingrich. Uh, And of course, with apologies and respect to anyone's name, I definitely got wrong this week. And if you didn't see on Patreon, your postcards and keychains have shipped. So, eyes on the mailbox, my friends. Eyes on the mailbox.